let's go ahead and get the shit started. Um, week four, you know, we're on we're on episode six, I believe. You know, doing well. Um, all, all signs seem to be that the podcast is is at least standing up on its own two feet. I mean, whether we have only like a solid audience of five or ten, um, I mean, at least I'm enjoying doing this week in and week out. Um, you know, as always, ooh. Is that a beer? I do. I have a uh, shock top this time. Oh, shock tops has cans. Yeah, I've always. What well, for the longest time I've known they've had cans. Yeah, you, know, you, you should know that. You go to any like uh, go to the Capital One Arena, they sell the cans either Bud Light or Bud Lime, and they have shock tops. Yeah, but they. I mean, those can like they're always like the tall boys. Like they're not your normal like twelve ounce cans, unless you're drinking a tall boy. Correct. Yeah, they're tw- correct. That's a uh, twenty-four ounce. Yeah, this is just regular twelve ounce. Oh, all right. Well, way to way to stay in the spirit of the podcast. Um, so as always, you know, we'll start off with covering the Hokies. Um, I mean, this week there's not much to cover on as we were on a bye week, so you know, no losses, no wins, no injuries. Uh, so we'll probably focus more on our upcoming matchup against Duke. And then didn't lose baby. I know, man. <laughs> always, always a plus side when there's no, when there's no L um, on yeah. the schedule, but very relaxing weekend without having to worry about that. You know? Yeah, I, I do agree. And I'll, I'll say this too. Like there weren't many matchups that I was like super pumped about. Um, I think what well, it was like the Texas A&M Auburn game. And then there was some, like, obviously there were some of the matches that ended up being super exciting, like Washington state, uh and ucla which i didn't watch but um i don't know like last week's slate was a little was a little i guess uneventful obviously now compared to this weekend's slate it's pretty much about the same like there's no like big games that you're going to be staying up for um i think it's going i don't know there's a couple there's a couple good ones the noon one was not given it was a, a slaughterhouse it was uh wisconsin beat up on michigan that was a top 15 game then 330 you had the auburn against texas a&m game was it auburn um, against texas a&m and then the yeah oh. and auburn won Maybe i'm thinking of a different matchup and uh and then the uh night game was that notre dame and georgia game oh okay yeah i mean well but other than yes the, other than those three you're correct is very mundane yeah and plus even i mean Sure, we had the uh, Michigan-Wisconsin game, but that game, I mean, I watched the first half a bit into the third quarter. It was a pretty much a one-sided match. Yeah, it was over after the first yeah, quarter. So, kind of using, a, kind of forgetting about last week, kind of moving up into our upcoming matchup against Duke. Um, game line set, last time I saw, Hokies are... Favored by three points, more probably due to the fact that we're a um, uh, home field team uh, over under set at 52. So I guess kind of breaking down, right? Uh, I, this time around, I did a little bit more research, breaking down QB comparison, rushing, and then just overall team, you know, cohesiveness. Um, from a QB side, I mean, the, I haven't watched many Duke games, but from a pure statistical perspective, 
the Duke QB definitely takes the edge on this one. Uh, what's interesting that I saw for both QBs, though, completion percentage goes down as the game goes on. So, like, first quarter compared to fourth quarter completion completion percentage, uh, it's about, like, a 5-6% drop, uh, which is interesting. Um, I mean, from both sides of the ball, like, I don't think we're shifting more towards a run as the game goes later on just because, again, there hasn't been that much data, and, like, we haven't been... Like, we've more often than not been playing from behind in a lot of our games, so one would think that right. we'd be slinging the ball more often. That's that you've hit the you hit the nail right on the head. Is you know they're either trying to pull out or build up a bigger uh, uh, you know they can't run the ball and they're trying to throw it more or they're coming from behind and you have to throw it more by default when you're coming from behind. So throw it more, you know you got to expect your completion percentage to go down. So that makes sense. I I haven't looked at Duke. I know they're what, what are they two and one yeah. or something like that. Yeah, two and one. I mean, again, nothing like there haven't been any like. Mm, big marquee wins on their uh, resume as well. Uh, kind of the same as, as us, but they've, they've closed out in fashions that, you know, they're wiping out teams that they should have. And, you know, they aren't making like, at least far as how the game progressed from quarter to quarter, they haven't had like going into the half down 14, zero against Furman. Right. Um, yeah. No, I mean their first game they lost to Alabama, but who doesn't? Correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even counting like that game. So, um, so I mean, my kind of big thing, at least from a QB side, and is Duke's QB is actually currently their leading rushers through the first three games, um, and that's actually probably one of my like X factors, at least for us, if we really are going to make a statement and kind of play this game, is that I'd like to see a bit more running from Willis. I mean, there've been a couple times, even in the BC game that I saw as well, it'd be like third and four, third and five pocket collapses. And Willis has an open lane right in front of him. But like, he just ends up like shuffling back and then kind of takes the sack or just tries to make a, a throw down field and gets incomplete. And Willis, I mean, he's not a small kid. He's like something like six two, like two twenty or something like that. I mean, he's like a big guy. Um, and a lot bigger than like the Duke, the Duke quarterback. I think Duke's guy is sitting up at like 180, 190 pounds. Um, yet he's leading the team in rushing. So uh, again, I haven't seen many of Duke's games. So I'm assuming they're just doing a lot more of the RPO. But that's kind of one thing I want to see out of Willis is him kind of using his feet, whether even it be on like a jet sweep or a triple option, like on a second down, right? I don't want it to be like third and seven and we're trying to like gain the seven yards on the QB's feet, right? Like we don't have uh, like Tyrod Taylor, or like Michael Vick back there where, you know, you know when he hits the ground running, like you're going to get the seven yards. Um, yeah, and what's pathetic is, as you said, this is a big game. Uh, this is how far the Hokies have fell in recent memory. The Duke Devils. It's not even basketball season, and we're playing Duke, and it's a big game. That's so embarrassing. I mean, this used to be a laugher, you know, instant victory. Now we don't know who's going to win. Yeah. I think, like, take away maybe our senior year of college um, and maybe, like, the last, you know, obviously, which led into the last dying years of of Beamer's tenure at, at Tech, but... 
we were pretty much a shoe in for the ACC game. Like, it wasn't even a question of like, oh, man, like, yeah, you know, Miami was always in the hunt for it. But that was really the only kind of competition we had from the coastal side. Right. And now it's like we're barely like scraping to get like a bid for the ACC game. They have to. They have to win this. This I say this weekend, but I guess yeah, Friday. They have to win Friday. You can't go zero and two in the ACC. Lose your first two ACC games. You have to. The, mathematically, you're almost eliminating yourself because other people beat up on each other, um, and you know some people are going to win, some people are going to lose. You just can't go zero and two. This is this is as close of a must win as they're probably going to get for in this early season. I should say you go down. O2 in the ACC, uh, you, you might as well kiss any hopes and dreams of touching the ACC championship game. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I was going to, you know, you also hit the nail on the head because you look at the next five games. I mean, you take out Rhode Island, none of the next of those other four games, you're looking at Miami, UNC, Notre Dame, and Wake Forest. I would like to think that Wake Forest yep. is an easy win, but I mean, at this point, you really just don't know no. with this team, right? So they should be ranked. They should be ranked. They're actually pretty good. But yep, uh, for the most part, poop schedule is behind us, um, and now it's time to play some real competent teams, and that scares me. So yeah. uh, we'll see how it goes. But man. yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really hoping that you know the Hokies stick to their pattern and kind of show up on these big games. Um, it obviously sucks from a fan base perspective because then you're like, all right, you know, we'd rather one consist consistency rather than us kind of just showing sparks of greatness here and there, and then you know, barely squeezing out wins against some like shitty teams, right? Um, I right. think really the true test of the team's future is I think going to come more so in these next two games, right? How do we play up against Duke, and then how do we show up against Rhode Island, right? If like you say, and as history has shown, if we come up against Duke, ooh, voice breaking. If we come up against Duke and we just absolutely hit it on all cylinders, defense looking good, Willis is making strong passes, and you know we just click and we come out with let's say a two touchdown victory, but then against Rhode Island we're down by like you know ten points in the first half, then it's like yeah, there there really is no strong future for the team. And I think at that point, that's when we really have to start evaluating. All right. You know, like what, what needs to go right. Um, whether it be from a defense. Well, like I, don't, I, I don't, well, the coaches Puente, like I said before, he can't go. His buyouts way too high. They can't afford. So we're stuck with him, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Too expensive. But I mean, so what do you think? What's your, uh, what's your kind of take on, on this game? Uh, so it's Duke or Tech is favored by three points. I think that just has to do with them being having a winning, so-called winning record, and being at home on Friday night. Um, I don't know. I, I I've I haven't given up on this team, but there's nothing to, has nothing has shown me, or this team's not shown me anything that tells me that they should be favored in this game for their you know, second ACC opponent they played. Lost to lost by seven in the first game against Boston College. Got, you know, dominated on the you know, line of scrimmage. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I, I think Duke's going to squeak this one out. I hope I'm wrong. I'd love to be wrong on this one. But 
Uh, betting wise, I'd probably take Duke in the three points on this one. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. Um, I, I'm really also just maybe outside of just the game and itself. I'm kind of really interested to see how Keyshawn King does. I know he showed some greatness uh, against Furman, which again, it's no team to hang your hat on. But I mean, you know, showing up, still showing up, and as far as you've said and, you know, other people on uh, the key play and some kind of other sports blogs like Keyshawn King is definitely the truth. Um, he is a true freshman. Um, so it should be kind of interesting to see how how we kind of continue to work him in uh, in what is currently right now a very, very weak run game, which I still know there were times like I mean, you go back to like 2009, 2010. I mean, our run game was like solid. Um, and then, yeah, year in and year out, you could always bank on some running back, you know, just put them in there and you can bank on them having, you know, around eight, 900 yards, if not more for the whole season, sometimes a thousand yard. Um, and we don't have that anymore. And Keyshawn King looks like a guy that could be here, but got to stay healthy. He's already dinged up first couple games. And once he goes down, our running game goes down. So we'll see. Yeah, I agree. But, yeah, I think I'm with you as well from the betting perspective. Um, I'd like I, – I mean, obviously, we want the fan in us to for Hokies to kind of pull this out. But from a betting perspective, uh, I'm probably putting my money uh, Duke plus the three points. But moving on to the rest of the schedule, uh, I know we spoke earlier, and, you know, I really didn't have many games that I wanted to highlight. Uh, I mean, one bet that I'm probably going to be making is – the uh, over on the Texas Tech first Oklahoma game. Uh, the over-under is set at 71. So, again, it, it's a high over-under, but if you look historically at what, these, what both of these teams do, um, you know, Pat, ex-Patrick Mahomes team, and then you also have Baker Mayfield's ex-team. Uh, now you got Jalen Hurts at the helm in Oklahoma. And I believe Texas Tech's quarterback is leading in yards through the first four weeks. Um, so should be very interesting to see, but it's going to be definitely a high scoring game. Besides that though. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a fun game to watch. Yeah. But besides that, nothing really, at least from my perspective that I'm going to try to make time for, obviously, you know, the Virginia Notre Dame game, USC Washington game. I mean, those are ranked opponents, but I really don't have much of a pulse on either of those teams. I know you might want to highlight. You wanted to highlight, I think, one of those. So why don't you why don't you take it away with a, a game that you're you're looking out for? Um. Well, you already kind of mentioned it. Um, you know, those two games. I would definitely be watching the uh, UVA Notre Dame game. Notre Dame's good, even though they lost to Georgia. Uh, I think this would be a good measuring stick for Virginia because. They beat Florida State, but honestly, who's not beating Florida State? Um, you know, they were the rank, they were the favorite team by seven points. They they beat Florida State, and their whole stupid fan base and students rushed the field like they just beat the uh, number one team in America. It was it was embarrassed. I'd be embarrassed if I was a fan of that team, and thank God I'm not. Um, yeah, so you mentioned Texas Tech, Oklahoma at noon. That would be a fun little shootout. Uh, game to watch. Uh, other than that, or other than those three games you mentioned, USC and Washington, yeah, very uh, like meh schedule. Very uh, nothing that really sticks out. You know, you have 
twenty number twenty four Kansas State at Oklahoma State. I'd probably give I'd give that a watch, um, even though it's on ESPN Plus. So it looks like I'm not watching it because I'm not paying for that crap. Um, then you all you have Mississippi State at Auburn. That probably could be a good uh, SEC matchup. Ooh, and then this one too: uh, Washington State at Utah. Oh, I'll definitely watch that game. That would be good. Um, Utah is very good. Number 19, great defensive line, uh, great running back, and Zach Moss. And then Washington State, and who doesn't like watching them play? Uh, always high scoring, Mike Leach, probably the best best coach to just listen to at pressers and uh, interviews. I don't think uh, I've heard any of his pressers oh or interviews. Oh, my God. You, you're, you're missing out so much. And just Google, like, Mike Leach interview or Mike Leach, best of Mike Leach. And, you know, the most recent one, I think at his like, you know, mid midweek uh, presser with, with at the school, they're like, all right, well, you know, who would win the battle amongst all the PAC 12 mascots. And, you know, instead of just picking one, he literally went down the list of all the mascots and, you know, he gave, <laughs> he, he was like, all right, well, this, this one has this powers, but you know, this is its, you know, def- you know, these are its faults. Um, you know, it's like the sun devil. Does he have mythical powers? If he does, I might give him the edge, uh, Colorado, Colorado Buffaloes. No one really stops a Buffalo. So you got to favor that one too. So he just goes on those kind of tangents and weird conversations, but it's quite funny. Um, but anyways, that game should be really good. So I'll probably def that's a, that's the last game or one of the night games. I'll watch that game, and maybe I'll watch UCLA in Arizona. I'm really wanting Chip Kelly to get this UCLA offense looking like he had at Oregon. Um, and then yeah, you have man. Arizona. Arizona has um, Khalil Tate, who used to be a Heisman hopeful, but uh, his offense hasn't really uh, – or his team hasn't surrounded him with much talent around him. But he is an electrifying quarterback to watch. Um, and that could be a fun back and forth high scoring game if Chip Kelly can get his head out of his ass and you know put out that kind of performance like they did last week, year uh, weekend and week out. Yeah, I mean it's it's very interesting to see Chip Kelly like go from Oregon to the NFL and then sort of like regress back into college. But I think everyone kind of always knew that the way that he likes to run offenses and the way he likes to, he likes to coach teams. College was really just the best fit for him. I mean, yeah, he, he should have never left Oregon. The NFL. Never, never should have left Oregon. He might have won a national championship. He would have stayed with the continuity. Yeah, I agree. But fun fact, actually, to go a bit of a tangent on Washington State. So, you know, obviously on game day, everyone's showing up, waving flags. Washington yep. State is the one flag that has, I think, been at every yep. college game day for like some like ridiculous amount of years. Like I heard it the other day. I think it's like 200, 200 plus game days in a row that spans over, yeah. you know, ten to fifteen years, something like that. It, it, it's ridiculous, um, but no, man. I mean, I I didn't know that about the uh, UCLA Arizona matchup, but I mean, I'm not big into those like night games because they're usually like those West Coast teams. But I may uh, I may stay up and, and probably try to catch this game as well. But that's kind of it for. For this week, right? A lot of a lot of in division matchups. Um, game day also, being at Nebraska. That's kind of a poopy game. No one's no one's Nebraska at uh, Ohio State right? or Ohio State oh. at Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ohio State's going to make Nebraska their bitch. I mean, 
Nebraska is not good at all. And why they're going to uh, whatever city they're in, I don't know. Um, beats me, but uh, uh, I don't know what the line is for that, but take Ohio State. It's yeah, so it's going to be at so it's in Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln, that's it. Yeah, uh, there you go. And it's 17 and a half. Nebraska's getting <sighs> that's a that's a that's a big number for an inner conference, but yeah, still. <laughs> um, I mean, and you know, speaking of inner conference, we'll we'll cover this with uh when we kind of move to the NFL picks, but you know, one of my picks, uh, actually, two of my picks. Uh, are kind of in the same in the same division, um, so should be kind of very very interesting matchups. But if you got nothing else for college, I mean, we can move right along ahead to the Let's NFL. Do it. Move, up, um, move it. You know, interesting week. So just speaking from a picks perspective, you uh, you threw up that big old goose egg. On oh and picks. three, baby. Oh and three. Um, I was sitting at a solid two and one again. That one, that one of my losses always is that Thursday night game. For some reason, I'm just not getting the pulse on those Thursday night games. But I'm gonna be staying away, especially this week with the Eagles taking on a uh, Green Bay. I'm gonna stay far away from from this matchup. Yeah, um, I had to uh, even out my record. Big fat winner last week, three zero. <laughs> yeah, big, big I mean, fat hey, loser the next for- week. For three weeks, I mean, we're sitting at just about 500, right? I'm at five and four. You're at four and five. Um, I would like to think that if we can hit anywhere near 500 or above, like at the end of 16 weeks, I think we did a pretty hell of a job. I need to go 600 or better. So I'm looking for like okay. a six, right. and, six and four over 10 picks. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, a, yeah, I mean, that's also a solid thing to kind of hang your hat on and, I know a couple of our friends said, you know, started giving us some shit about, uh, you know, starting the podcast and making these picks and like saying if we don't make playoffs and fantasy and, you know, shit like that. But I mean, fuck that. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I agree, man. Um, so, I mean, obviously, I want to recap a little bit, just a bit on the Eagles. Uh, you know, more than welcome to do the same for the Redskins, but just kind of short and sweet on the Eagles. Um, Lost to the Lions. It really came down to the last play. Um, and I think just it, it comes down to just one thing and one thing only. It was just injuries, right? We had really no – we had all the injuries on our skill positions. We were putting in second, third strings at the wide receivers, and their kind of youth just showed. Um, I mean, for example, like one of our wide receivers, two pass interference called and a bunch of drop passes – uh, I mean, it's yeah, they're stupid mistakes and they'll cost you the game, but it all just comes down to youth and experience and, and experience. But, you know, we'll see, you know, Alshon Jeffrey slated to come back against the Packers. I think Deshaun Jackson is still ruled out. Miles Sanders uh, seemed to be doing pretty well. And, um, you know, Wench did show, you know, some, you know, definitely showed greatness um, in the last game. So who knows? We'll see. I mean, the Packers defense is no joke going up against Aaron Rodgers short week. I think the Eagles are favored by nope three or four points. I believe other way around. Uh oh, never mind. So four Eagles a are a four and a half. Yeah, four and a half underdog. So I mean, from a betting perspective, who knows? Maybe I'll I'll kind of take the four points. Um, but it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough matchup. But 
as far as the rest of the week goes, um, you know, a lot of in-division games, a lot of games that are going to be, you know, you can call it as like win or go home. Uh, there's because there's a lot of matchups with some 0 and 3 teams, and there's going to be a lot of matchups with some 3 and 0 teams. One, you know, some teams do they actually really deserve to be 3 and 0? Um, and I'll kind of just start it there, right? From you know, before we kind of go into the picks, I, I know we both saw both saw the Redskins game, or at least I just saw part of it. But anything you want to touch up on besides? Um, you know, obviously there's, you, I've got the sentiment and the, you know, the pulse from, I think just our friend group that the Redskins just need an overhaul from like organization from top, top bottom. Um, you guys are going up against in rival with the, uh, with the giants. Um, so it should be an interesting matchup though, but what do you think? Uh, there's really not much to think of. Uh, there's, this franchise is doomed until, uh, uh, Bruce Allen is out as the president slash GM. And um, as long as Dan Snyder is living and owning the Redskins, uh, this franchise is doomed. Uh, they have no hope, all misery. Um, so there's not much to say. Uh, 0-3, I think we're headed to a 1-15 season. Uh, that one win being uh, maybe against the Dolphins, and if they don't, the the the, 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 my, the Redskins and Dolphins game in week six, I want to say, maybe week five, that's going to be the the that's going to be like the number one number one overall 2020 overall pick bowl. Whoever wins that loses the number one pick because both these teams are they're awful. The Redskins defense is supposed to be their strength. They look like ass. Um, they, they can only, they, you know, they have one good talent on offense and Terry McLaurin, but we have no good QBs to give them the ball, no running game, horrible offensive line. Um, uh, it, it's just, it's just a disaster. And anyone who's, who goes to the games and spends money and pays the money for you know, driving there and parking and tickets and food and drinks, you're a joke. You're wasting your money, um, and I, I laugh at you every weekend because you're a fucking fool. The, you're just giving money to Dan Snyder. He's the worst owner. Uh, he doesn't know how to run a team. He treats it like a fantasy team, um, and they have no hope. Uh, other than that, we're doing pretty good. So next week is – or this week is Giants. Uh, if we yep. lo- I assume that we're going to lose to that game, and then uh, – then the New England Patriots, and uh, we we can pretty much uh, call that the the Boston TD party because we're going to be fucking blown out. It's going to be a disaster. So, all right, be honest. Did you come up with that on your own? Yes, or did you have that I, I had to. I, I thought about it. I was like, what would be a good name that had to be New England slash Boston related? Right, it's going right. to be the Boston TD party, New England by thirty. Book it. Um, all right, man. Well, might as well just kind of, I'll let you continue your role. And, uh, why don't you kick it off with, uh, with one of your picks for this week? All right. So my first pick as a nice little segue, I'll go to the Patriots at the Bull, uh, Buffalo Bills. Um, so I got, I got it here. ESPN showing as minus seven, 
or Patriots giving seven points to the Bills. Other uh, I saw on Bovada, which I use uh, seven and a half. Even if it's seven and a half, I'm taking Patriots to roll easily cover uh, on this game. Interesting. Very interesting. Only because I've taken the Bills plus seven and a half on this one. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills won because they have a knack for beating the Patriots and they are improved with Josh Allen as their quarterback and they have a good defense. But I just think there's too many things are clicking for New England. I could be totally wrong. Maybe it would be a three, four point game, but. Uh, Yeah, I just think it's – so I'm going a little bit more on the intangibles on this one, right? So you have – it's at Buffalo. You know, it's like you said, Bills are 3-0, I think, for the first time in God knows how long. Fans will be rowdy. Yeah, like, you know, Bills Mafia is going to show up. Shady, I mean, Bills defense is like up – I think they're like top three, top two in the league right now. Um. Like they're they're actually like showing up and yeah like you said with all the pieces on the bill side and then you have to look also on New England right you have no AB Edelman's a little hobbled up I mean yeah reports came out saying that he is going to play but you know a chest injury you know one bad tackle you know obviously like Bills is going to show up with as a uh, they're just going to show up for, you know, this in-division game. So, you know, one wrong tackle and then, you know, Edelman could be out. And even uh, Josh Gordon seemed a little hobbled last game as well. Um, and I think also even in the running game as well, I think only Sony Michelle is kind of the healthy one uh, sitting out back. So it, it, it's going to be interesting, right? I, I think as history shows and just kind of knowing the pairing of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, I'm sure they schemed for this. And I would not be surprised if this is like, a three touchdown win by the Patriots, but there's just a little bit in me that wants to believe in the underdog, especially with the bills. Um, and yeah, and just, it's just like seven and a half points. So I'm obviously if Patriots win it out with just a field goal. Yeah. A win is a win at the end of the day, but for, for us degenerates out there, you know, that that's, that's more than enough to, uh, to cover the bet. But it's interesting. You say that, um, I'm going to kind of take that segue into my second pick, which is also another in-division game, uh, Cincinnati Bengals visiting Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Ugh, both I didn't teams, want to touch that at all. Yeah, both teams are 0-3. Um, I think this is a big winner-go-home uh, game. I mean, for both teams, you really can't climb out of an 0 for a hole. Uh, especially in the AFC. I actually am taking the Pittsburgh Steelers with the points. Uh, right now they're getting four on ESPN, and I believe on FanDuel they are getting four and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Just looking it up right now. Uh, yeah. So, oh, actually, they've given it less. Pittsburgh Steelers at three and a half, but I'll take it at four. Um Again, I think same kind of mentality and factors just kind of going into this game as I did with the Bills versus New England. The only, and I think big X factor that the reason why I'm taking Pittsburgh Steelers is I think that defense is going to run tear on an abysmal O-line that is currently the Bengals. Um, they picked up uh, a- Minka Fitzpatrick too, so he should he should be getting used to their system with a week, yeah. another week gone. Um, 
and, and obviously as a fantasy owner, I mean, I've got Joe Mixon and he's, he's thrown up a big dud, but um, yeah, I just think that with the type of matchup it is, it is a Monday night game. Um, it's going to be in Pittsburgh. Terrible towels are going to be out. Uh, and obviously this team has, these two teams do have a history against each other. Um, I would not be surprised if Juju has a big game. Um, but also, I mean, Andy Dalton and John Ross have been putting up some stupid numbers. Uh, however, I just think that it's going to be really put to the test this week. I mean, Bengals really haven't been playing some like star studded teams. Um, I mean, they lost to Seattle, San Francisco and Buffalo, which yes, I mean, Buffalo is three and and as a San Francisco, but still that being said, I think, uh, I think the Steelers defense is going to crumble this O-line and they should be able to cover this, um, this four point spread. But yeah, dude. Well, what about you? What's uh, what's your second pick or another pick that you're taking for this weekend? Uh, second pick, um, I'm probably going to take uh, Falcons uh, at home against Tennessee. Uh, they are four point uh, home, uh, not home dog, but home favorite. Uh, again, by four points against Tennessee. Tennessee is sputtering on offense or average, nothing special, and Falcons. They're horrible on the road, but whenever they play at home in the Mercedes Dome in front of those fans, they just get hyped. They're a completely different team. Um, you know, they just put up points. They play great defense or a good enough defense, you know, to you know let the offense do their thing. Um, and so I, I don't see this being a close game at all. I see Atlanta rolling big time against the Titans, their defense doesn't scare anybody, nobody really on their team that's any any good, uh, to be yeah, honest. I, think, I mean, Julio's going to have a, a monster game. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that because if you actually look at Matt Ryan's numbers in a dome versus outside of a dome, it's like a story of two tales. Yep. I mean, he is a completely different quarterback in a dome than he is outside, which is why a lot of people have actually – favored the Falcons going far because of their 16 game schedule, 12 of them are in a dome yep. and their coldest game that they're playing is in San Francisco in December. And they're one and two. They can't with, you know, the saints winning uh, last week when everyone thought they weren't going to win after breeze went down. Um, I believe the saints are three and oh, if, if I recall correctly, um, they're one and two. Falcons are one and two. They cannot afford to go one and three, um, and so they they have some urgency this weekend. I think Matt Ryan's going to light it up, as you mentioned with Julio, with Calvin Ridley, uh, Sanu, uh, and everybody else. Uh, Devontae Freeman again. I think this is a big, big win for Atlanta. So I'm taking Atlanta covering the four points against Tennessee. Nice. Oh uh, yeah. So Saints are actually two and one. They lost to the. Uh... To the Rams, same game that uh that Drew Brees went down. Okay. Yep. Um, but I guess I mean it's interesting we speak about the Rams. Uh, I brought the Rams up and kind of making the connection of great defenses. My last pick. We are going to be going to the good old Midwest, and it's going to be Minnesota Vikings visiting Chicago at Soldier Field. Um. It's a 425 game, and right now the line is set at Vikings are getting two points. But 
Personally, I think I'm going to take Chicago covering these two points. Obviously, I think the Monsters of Midway, again, I think the same statistics that go with Matt Ryan. Uh, I think you can kind of look at the same with Chicago defense. Their numbers in Soldier Field are just day and night. I don't want to say day and night, but they're just insane numbers compared to what they already put up on a regular basis. Uh, And it's also interesting because, I mean, even on the other side of the ball, right, Minnesota Vikings defense, no joke. Uh, I think they were a top five defense coming into the league. Um, and But I just think from a offensive perspective, I think Chicago is just a little bit more well-balanced. Uh, I mean, you got the dual backs, you know, Tariq Cohen being one of them. Um, and then you always got David Montgomery. And then from a receiver perspective, um, I mean, Allen Robinson – now, one could kind of argue that, yeah, the Kirk Cousins-Adam Thielen pairing has, you know, always come to fruition and brought wonders from a fantasy standpoint. And then just overall from a team success, right? I think I would like to see more from Stefan Diggs. Uh, I think that's what kind of made Minnesota the team it was a couple years ago because you had both of those guys putting up at least 100 yards a game. Um, yeah, Dix has been an absolute dud this year, except for a couple catches here and there, but no big plays. Touchdowns have been, you know, he's hadn't seen, he hasn't gotten to the back of the end zone that often as people anticipated. Dillon has, but yeah, he's, uh, yeah. he's been. I mean, uh, yeah, and then if there's anything to be said, all right, I think, I think what the, the key matchup is, is going to be, I think, Dalvin Cook versus. The F- Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota O line versus that front four of of Chicago, right? I mean, Dalvin Cook has come into the starlight. He has he, he's kind of made you know he's he's making his contract worthwhile. Um, it, it would be interesting to see how they start scheming for Chicago. Um, I mean, if you look at most of their games, they really are only rushing four. They're dropping back seven um, and playing that more of like a nickel and dime package. So it should be interesting to see that if Mitch Trubisky does have enough time to kind of let Allen Robinson and the rest of the receivers kind of run their routes, or if he just kind of looks it down, um, you know, just a couple five yards. I know they use David Montgomery more as their kind of north south back. And, you know, they'll usually have um, what's his name? Tariq Cohen uh, kind of playing more out wide, but it's it's another kind of another factor to add where I think of the two QBs, what I think another thing to look forward to, right? When the pocket collapses, I have more faith in Mitch Trubisky running the ball rather than Kirk Cousins. Um, they both have very similar numbers. Uh, I mean, both are sitting at about something like 500 yards, three TDs, two interceptions. Um, so very comparable quarterbacks. And I think you said this in in our preseason reviews that we did for these guys that they just kind of have to be average and, you know, do nothing too risky. And, you know, that'll kind of just bring them success. Right. So it it should be interesting to see that from an offensive perspective, these teams kind of do match up quite fairly, but obviously from a defensive perspective, uh, the bears kind of definitely take the cake on this one. Thus the reason I'm taking that minus two, um, I mean, over under set at 38 and a half. So even Vegas thinks that it's going to be 
a very low scoring game. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to like a, a field goal to end the game, right? Tied up, you know, 15 seconds left, Chicago hits the field goal or something like that. Yeah, I, I looked at the game thinking if I want to make these one of my picks, but I just don't know. I mean, Minnesota's been playing very well on offense, especially with Dalvin Cook. Uh, coming off that injury, looks fresh. He looks uh, dynamic. Um, you know, he has that burst of speed that we saw when he was at Florida State. But like you said, Chicago, seeing how they pretty much shut down Redskins offense, which isn't hard to do, but still, you know, you know, keeping the team to zero in the NFL is still tough. Um, and so, you know, uh, Chicago's defense is really, really, really good. Probably, if, if not the best, one of the best. Um, so this is a tough game. So I kind of stayed away from it because I have no clue what's going to happen. But um, for my third pick, uh, I am going with – I got three favorites in my, my pick. Uh, this is kind of a big spread, though. I'm going with uh, – Tampa Bay and the LA Rams. Um, Tampa Bay is poo. Um, and LA, great defense, being at home um, uh, this Sunday. I just think, you know, they're going to, they're, they're favorite, or I'm sorry, they're giving nine and a half points to Tampa Bay. Um, I think Tampa Bay's defense, not that great. Not, I think, you know, Sean McVay and his offensive scheme is going to be able to do whatever they need to do. Too many offensive weapons for LA. You know, Gurley at the running back. You have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Uh, you know, catching the balls from Goff, uh, and then you know, Arnold, Aaron Donald anchoring their defense. You know, stop the run that pretty much everyone has done with Tampa Bay. Make Jameis Winston throw the ball, which is a horror within itself. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, last week, like he showed some flashes of greatness with uh, with Mike Evans, but I mean, that's it, right? Like, let me ask you this: Who did they play? Yeah, that's true. I mean, they had what Carolina, they had Dolphins, I think, last week or something like that. No. Giants. Giants. All right. Well, <laughs> there you go. I mean, um, and they still lost yeah. that game too. First, it was the uh, it was the inaugural game of a uh, good old. Daniel yeah. Jones. So, I mean, you put up points, great. You know, they also gave up like 30 plus points. So if they're going to give up 30 plus points to the Giants, God knows what the Rams are going to do to their defense. And I think we can both agree that the Rams defense is a hell of a lot better than Tampa Bay's defense. Uh, so I got them, maybe not easily covering, but I, I see a 10 point winner more for LA over, the, over, uh, over Tampa Bay. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I mean, no arguments here, right? Uh, so I guess that kind of really covers it out, right? And then maybe we can kind of just end it up with with some news that that's kind of just been trickling over uh, over the past week. Um, obviously, Saquon Barkley out four to eight weeks uh, with a high ankle sprain. Um, it's it's kind of sad to hear because he is he is I think one of my favorite players. Uh, just to overall watch. I mean, if I ever get bored, I'll just like go on YouTube and just watch his like highlight reel from college. I mean, some of the runs that he made, like I really never truly, I don't think I really truly appreciated him when he was in college. Um, I mean, we, I really only caught like the latter half of his uh, college career, but dude, this guy's an animal. Um, And for him to kind of go down and him kind of being one of those more of a riskier back, right? He's not, 
your Leonard Fournette or your even, you know, to say like your Todd Gurley's or even your Zeke's, right, that aren't afraid to just, you know, they'll play it by the book. You know, they're very technical and they'll kind of take the hit and they'll kind of just go down. You know, Saquon's one of those that's looking to make those jump cuts, you know, leapfrog over defenders. But from a uh, from like a managerial perspective, right, you know, what are you thinking if you were, I guess, the owner of the Giants, you know, do you sit him out? If he comes back, let's say, week four, and he says, all right, coach, I'm like 90%, do you take the risk or do you just say, hey, you know what, like, let's just see where things are going with Daniel Jones. You know, Wayne Gallman is a serviceable backup. Let's just kind of sit him for the full eight weeks and just kind of get him back at the middle of the season. Um, or are you looking more so that, man, we need this guy as back um, as sorry, back as soon as possible? I think it all just depends on where the where the Giants are record wise. I mean, I, no one really expects them to be up there. I mean, they, they're one and two now. They'll probably go two and two after they beat the Redskins. But, you know, they, they said with his high ankle sprain, four to six, four to eight weeks, that most people are saying it's going to be more the latter of how long he's going to be out for. So, you know, he's going, to, he's going to be out until almost week 10 or past week 10 and, you know, leaving you with, you know, four or five games left of the season. Um, I think it's just all situational base. You know, if they're in the thick of it and, you know, reasonable – uh, to catch who's ever in front of them if they're not ahead, which, you know, again, doubtful they are, but hypothetically. Uh, then, yeah, bring him in. If he if he, he's good to go, then you have to, you have to trust him. But, you know, I think if they're, you know, four games back or, you know, or even worst case, just bottom of the division, uh, what's the point of risking him getting even hurt after that? Um, you know, yeah. there's, there's, there's no reward. It's all risk. And, Sure, you know, you want to sell more, put more butts in the seats for people who want to watch them. But I think anybody with a reasonable uh, mind would know, hey, we're rebuilding. We have a new quarterback, rookie quarterback that seems pretty good now, given just one week against the pathetic Tampa Bay Bucks. Let's see how he plays for the next couple months. But still, a rookie quarterback they drafted. He's in his second year. No need to bang him up uh, early on in his career. I mean, look at, look at what, um, LA's doing with Todd Gurley, you know, he has knee problems and he's only in, you know, year four of his career. And now they're cutting back of cutting back on his, uh, carries because they, they ran him too much. Um, so if you don't need to don't, and, you know, plan for the future, get fresh again. And, you know, again, some fans are going to be salty and bitch and moan and, but you know, let's screw them. You know, anybody with a reasonable mind would understand that, What's smart for for that team is again if if they have no sight of re or sight of first place or or even making the playoffs, oh definitely bench them or at least that's what I would do. If you guys are in, in the thick of contention, you know, a couple games out of the wild card or God forbid first place, um, then yeah, okay, let's let's go. Let's see if he can uh, add that extra oomph to your offense and. Uh, you know, propel you, and if you miss a, miss it by a game, okay. You know, hopefully it doesn't get hurt. It's a risk you take. You, know, you, you take a risk every week you play. You, you just never know. I mean, sh- yeah, shit. I, I mean, people get hurt in preseason for the one week they play. You just never know. Yeah, and like plus, like I mean, if he is really out till week ten, week eleven. I mean, week ten they play the Jets, but then you've got quite the stretch of at the Bears, Packers visiting, and then at Eagles, right? So. 
three defenses that are probably going to put are going to be, you know, they're, they're going to be in the top of the league. And, but again, neither here nor there. I, I do agree with you, right? It's really going to come down to where do the Giants sit at the end of it all uh, once he's kind of at 100%. Um, and then from an organizational standpoint, I agree with him kind of being the franchise of, of your team. Um, I, I definitely say to rest. But, and then last but not least, right? Speaking of franchise, um, news just broke today with Melgo's holdout almost coming to a close. So from a, I guess, Chargers perspective, right? I mean, you obviously have Austin Eckler currently in the background. Um, Chargers, I believe, are sitting at two and one right now. Um, But, you know, so what do you do, right? You know, obviously, how does the... Chargers outlook. I mean, he's going to play. He's going to play regardless. If he's coming back in a week or two, uh, there's no way. I mean, you got to play him, and Eckler's playing really well. So you you have a one two combo. Keep them both fresh. Don't need to hammer it away with just one of those backs. And they're sitting at one and two. Sorry. Um, But yeah, I mean, you have. I mean, he's not going to play this week against the Dolphins, but you got Broncos, Steelers, Titans, and then you're visiting the Bears. So, um, I mean, Vic Fangio out in the Broncos, I mean, he still has gotten zero sacks with Vaughn Miller and uh, Nick Chubb. And then obviously we know what's going on with the Steelers and Titans. But should be interesting to see, you know, as a as a proud Melga owner in fantasy that picked him up in, in his work league, um, very, very excited to see him come back. And, uh, man, dude, like, like the picture I tweeted out – or, sorry, sent to our group chat – if I can get him kind of going, paired up with Kamara, uh, I mean, you might as well shoo me in for the playoffs. But that's kind of it that we have for... All right, calm down. It's not that great. I saw your other one. I mean, it's I mean, not yeah, that it's, great. It's though. shit everywhere else. But, I mean, I think Kamara and Melgo should be able to kind of get me far enough. And I don't know. I feel, I feel like Wentz... Is, and we'll see. We'll see. I, again, I don't want to count my eggs before they hatch, but... Yeah, dude. So that kind of wraps it up for this week's episode. Um, I think we've got a pretty good thing going with weekly uploads and weekly picks um, from a just pure listener's perspective. Obviously, we've got a steady stream. And I think week in and week out, you know, I'm just trying different things. I've added like an intro music as well. So kind of keep a lookout for that. But besides that, dude, always a pleasure. Um, and I will catch you next Absolutely. week. Absolutely. See ya. See ya.